Hi, I'm Kevin Ball, and you're listening to the Wise Man Say Podcast. <laughs> All the wise men say it podcast. Right, wise men and then wise men. All right, hi, this Just is Kevin Ball, and you're listening to the Wise Men Podcast. <laughs> is that all right? No, no the, the wise men say it. Say it. Hello, this is Kevin Ball, and you're listening to the Wise Men Say Podcast. Is that right? Along to the Wise Men Say podcast, we have a special edition for you today. We are over at the Academy of Light, myself and Gareth, and we are talking to William Donald Grigg. Is that right? Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> is he in trouble, like your yeah. full name in him? Don't always get uh, introduced as that, but yeah, thanks for joining uh, like, I like the way you check your, your notepad for his name as well. What I've are got, you doing? I've got notes, I'm not going to know that. Yeah, I know, but you know what his name is. Assuming Wikipedia's right, it is like yeah, 90% right, of yeah, the time yeah. anyway. Maybe we should change it. Does anybody call you William still? Yeah. Uh, no, like certainly unless I'm getting told off, no, it's just Will, Will. So you've been training today then? Yeah, I trained fully today for the first time. Uh, Tuesday was sort of just getting introduced to everything, getting the ankle going, and then yeah, today was my first full session. How did you find it? Good? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, obviously the lads made it nice and easy, and uh, yeah, the managers, managers have been really good. How different is training from club to club? So managers focus more on tactics some just want you to have fun what's it like from club to club and manager to manager yeah really different I don't think I've ever had a manager where you know it's been the same at any club um, the first thing I've sort of noticed in this week is just the intensity um, the training's very high tempo very full on high distances the gaffer and all the staff want want you to hit certain targets and uh, yeah it, um, I'm sure it gets the best out of players so we're going to talk a little bit about um, just your, your career up to now and you growing up playing football and stuff like that. Um, we want to start just to settle you into it with a, a quick fire round. He's doing an ice break. So He's been planning this icebreaker for We've days. been planning this for ages and I've just wrote them down before we come in the room, <laughs> which just kind of sums up the way we do things here. Um, so <laughs> this is just, just, just to warm you up, Will. You know, like, you, know you don't want to pull a hamstring and you do your you warm-ups before a game. Um, so just a quick fire, you give me an answer out of the two options. Um, Indian food or Chinese food? Indian food. Going out or staying in? Staying in. Lager or wine? Wine. Winter or summer? Summer. Would you rather be a duck-sized horse or a horse-sized duck? <laughs> horse-sized duck. Niall Quinn or Kevin Phillips? <laughs> Kevin Phillips. Max Power or Reese James? Max Power. Oh. <laughs> Answered that far. He didn't even, try, he didn't even try and swerve Just that. Just because you said it first. I'll be able to talk Jam around. So <laughs> didn't even try and swerve it, did he? <laughs> um, so you grew up in Solihull? Yeah, is I did, right? yeah, yeah. Near Birmingham way? Yeah, so well, technically it's the West Midlands, but yeah, right. it's uh, Birmingham way. Yeah, so more like yeah. West Brom and Wolves territory? No, no, no it's other completely side, different. Is that East Midlands? That's East Midlands. Oh, My yeah. wife's from Redditch. It's not far from oh, Redditch. There you go. There you go. So no, nice. that. Who did you spoke growing up? Oh, you've been like, yeah, you've done your homework. Uh, no, I haven't. No, <laughs> so, I, ge- no, I genuinely uh, don't I know, know the answer. This, this is so. always a sticky. Oh, yeah. All right, I'll, let's 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 pretend I know this then. Yeah. Yes, I have done my homework. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a sticky one. So, my dad, brother, but always Mad Villa fans. So I was obviously brought up Villa shirts till about seven. Then I signed for Birmingham. Uh, and I sort of uh, started to sway, and obviously there's a bit of a rivalry there, but a little bit, yeah, yeah, just uh, couldn't really have been much worse. But obviously, because I was in the academy, going to games and stuff, 
I sort of swerved over to the Birmingham side and uh, yeah, stuck with them. Stuck with them for a We've while. We've had a few of those here mm. at Sunderland, haven't we? The, the Jack Colback situation and all that. Yeah, it's well, and then and then go and pretending you're supporting Newcastle again all along or whatever <laughs> it was he did. It's a good job you maybe didn't make it at Birmingham because there would have been those yeah. pictures going around of exactly yeah, you was a never kid with a villa top yeah, on so. and that would have been yeah you know. it's inevitable that would have happened they would have dug out the pictures of you <laughs> in, your, in your villa kit when yeah, you were younger definitely. absolutely so you didn't make um the cut quite at at Birmingham and then you played for Solihull local the college team or was it non-league yeah, team so so what happened is I didn't get a scholarship at Birmingham so I left at 16 which is when my uh, love for the club ended. No, I'm in joke. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I left at 16. Yeah, Villicate, straight on. <laughs> photos back out. But no, um, then I ended up going to... It was sort of a bad time because obviously most people, teams' scholarships allowance were, were full and wasn't many spaces left. So I ended up going into a college scheme at Solihull Technical College, which was half football, half work. Mm. Um, and then the guy who led that was Mickey Moore and he was manager of Stratford Town. And then started playing non-league for Stratford Town at the weekends, and then that ended up for me going to Solihull Moors. So just backing up a little bit before that, what I meant to ask you: um, when you were growing up playing football, and you said you're a Villa fan, who were you on the playground when you were playing football? Um, that's a good question, actually. I don't know. I never actually. Not have no, it wasn't really that. No, not even necessarily for Villa. Were you always centre forward? Yeah, I was always centre forward. Yeah, so I was just sort of running around. Uh, so R9. Somebody from our era, For you would R9, say, to be honest. forward, you'd say Gary Lineker, but you're younger than us, so... Shearer. No, don't say no, that. Don't say <laughs> that. <laughs> don't answer that. No. <laughs> Kevin Phillips is just, a good answer. Just R9, I think that was uh, <laughs> the main one. Um, were there any other of your friends or anything who, who made it as pros as well? Um, no, not in my circle. Even from not my school friends or even when I was at Birmingham everyone who I was there with there's not one single person playing so mm. it was a bit of a so the fact you were a Villa fan and then played for Birmingham so young did that mean you couldn't really go to the match and be a proper fan as a kid and do all the terror stuff where you really get behind your team or did you do that for um, to a certain extent yeah obviously being at academy you had you got tickets to the games and you obviously were in an allocated section so it wasn't it wasn't quite the same I guess I never I never did get to to do it that way, which I guess looking back is uh, I, I'm guessing I missed out a little bit. Yeah, but you do you do better than most of us now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah probably worth it. I mean, <laughs> so when you were playing non-league, you must have been about 16, 15, 16 years old. Were you playing men's football at that, at that level? Yeah, so really it's men's well. football. I was sixteen, yeah, and uh, I've always been sort of this size. I haven't really changed that much. Um, yeah, I used to play up front with a, a guy called Rory May who was about six foot eight. He used to do all sort of hard work and then I was scoring the goals, which he, he made it nice and easy for me. But um yeah, it was I got thrown at the deep end to be honest, and it was probably I've always said one of the one of the best things that happened to me. Everybody from a different era has a different perception of a football club and stuff like that. So when you're prime football or supporting age, so when you're adolescent and teenager and you watch a match of the day and you're crazy about football what were your impressions of Sunderland as a football club that time? Who played and what, what are your memories? Um, well, you're sort of going back to Niall Quinn and, like I said, Kevin Phillips. Some decent various. times then. That yeah, could have been a lot times. worse, couldn't it? Well, always a massive club. Um, you know, unbelievable. Obviously got good memories and, you know, it's just... <laughs> football's a strange old game. I, think, I guess if you look look back at the sort of Premier League at that time, it, it's very different to, to how it is now. But it was always about scoring goals for you. As a, as a, even as a kid yeah always yeah it was always about scoring goals I managed to do it from from a young age and it seemed to just stay with me there's some little niche things isn't there you just mentioned what Stephen Elliott was saying to you Gareth about how he visualised yeah. the away fans in particular when we took loads of away fans I remember Marco Gabbidini who used to play for Sunderland once said that <coughs> 
his most favourite sound in the world was when he played away from Rocker Park at the time and you would score and then there would be a slight delay before you could hear the away fans cheer in the background and he says that was just something that I, was, mm. I found interesting. He really used to buzz off that sound. So, I mean, what, what does, I mean, you obviously you <coughs> had, it took you a while to get into things at Walsall, didn't it? And then you had a, a mm-hmm. decent season and got a move to Brentford. Um, and then obviously that didn't work out as well and you went on loan to MK Dons and did really well there. Um, You're just skipping over both three clubs. No, there, no, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to, I'm, 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 I'm getting to my points, Steve. <laughs> um, yeah, so is scoring goals something that came naturally to you? Like, you know, people talk about natural goal scorers. You said you've always been the same side. You were playing non-league football, essentially. Men's football at 16. Were you just scored, just, it was just you finding yourself in the right place at the right time? Or is it all, was it always a case of, I want to be a goal scorer, I need to work on this, I need to work on that in order to, to get the goals I want to score? Um, I think it's a bit of both. I think you've got to have that sort of natural, natural sort of instinct. Um, I th- you hear people talking about strikers scoring goals, scoring tappings, and you know it, it doesn't just happen. It's not just you're always in the right place at the same at, at the right time. It, it's it's a case of your timing, your movement. It's it's loads of things, and I feel like I've I've obviously worked hard on my finishing and all that sort of stuff and where to be at the right times. But I've, I think I've always had a natural a natural sort of gift to. To my goal scoring ability, and obviously that's a, it's a good good plus to have. Gareth mentioned you played for Walsall there. Yeah. That was twenty. Your final season had twenty goals. Play of the season. Um, you're probably still thinking about playing for Villa at that point because Walsall <laughs> are in the same same area of the country, aren't they? It's like when it's like when um, players get released by Sunderland Newcastle, go and play for Hartlepool, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> Darlington, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you still anyway, not mm. anymore. Um, but then you got to move to Brentford, like Gareth said, and what, what didn't quite work out for you there. Yeah, no, going back to Walsall. Yeah, I loved it at Walsall, and then. Like I said, that good season scored twenty goals, and uh, that was a, it. Was a difficult decision to make. Um, I really enjoyed the manager at the time. It was Dean Smith, obviously now at Villa, um, and he was brilliant with me. He didn't want me to go, but I just felt at the time it was the right thing to do. And yeah, I went to Brentford. Um, obviously, it was a little bit bit of a difficult period. Um, I spent a l- quite a lot of my time there out on the left wing, which was is not necessarily suited to me. You know, I'd, I'd done it a little bit here and there, but. It wasn't natural to me, and um, I think I still played 35 games, and obviously in a promotion season as well. So it was, in one way, a successful time, but uh, you know I, I didn't enjoy it down there, and I think everyone knew that. Did they explain that to you, like me playing, possibly why? Because obviously you were out of contract, weren't you, at Walsall? Yeah. You probably would, and after that season, you probably would have had some good options on the table. Were the other clubs in fear apart from Brentford, and they said something to you that made you think, yeah, I'm going to go there, or or was it, you know, it, was it a surprise to you that you ended up playing wide? Um, yeah, it was always a case of the compensation, just no one knew how much the compensation would be and I think there was a little bit of worry, a little bit of doubt that it was going to be a lot higher than than certain people thought. Um, but at the time, yeah, I, I went to Brentford, it seemed like the right thing to do. I spoke with the manager and, you know, Uwe Rosler at the time and it, it sounded great. The club had just missed out losing in the playoff final and uh, like I said, it just seemed the right thing to do. Um, I did start off playing up front and then uh, I think I got Marcello Trotter in at the time and he, he started playing really well, had a good vein of form and it was he was sort of struggling to drop him and was trying to find ways for me to get in the team because obviously you know, I was training well, playing well, he just he didn't want to change his formation and uh, that's that's what sort of led to it to be honest. And then you go to MK Dons on loan and get your mojo back. Yeah, I absolutely loved it, MK Dons, yeah, uh, Carl Robinson, I went there, started the pre-season and uh, yeah, I loved it. Um, another successful time obviously helped with players like Deli Ali around you and stuff like that but um, no I really enjoyed my time there 
and then Wigan would come after that, where obviously most people know know you from and a successful goal scoring period there as well. What what's your what's it been like? Your you, I mean, you said you were shunting out on the left wing there at Brentford, but generally, have you played? I know you, you've touched on this with some of the local journalists. Have you generally played up front by yourself, up front with a partner? What do you prefer? How do you prepare for each uh, of those situations? Um, yeah, obviously all, all really different. Um, I think in the most successful times uh, for me personally, I've always played in a one. Um, Warsaw was a, a four-two-three-one. MK Don's similar, and that's the same with Wigan. Uh, we at Wigan we sort of floated in out of a three-five-two at times, but predominantly four-two-three-one, and obviously that's similar here. So um, it's a it's a formation that comes naturally to me. I like to sort of stretch the game. Uh, my link-up's good. My, I can get hold of the ball, but at the end of the day, my job's to be in the box. So if we've got the three behind me that like interchange and play free flowing football, then it helps me to just stay out, stay out of it and, and stay in the box. I mean, you get you hear a lot of people say you play two front and stuff like that, don't you? But I guess from your generation, playing one up front is probably more natural anyway mm-hmm. than than not doing that. Because I guess since you've played, that's kind of been around anyway. That four four two three one formation, rather than when we talking back yeah, going I mean, to like Phillips and Quinn, and it's all yeah. four four two yeah. big man, little man up front. It's it's probably it probably hasn't been like that throughout your career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. two thousand seven, wasn't it? Probably yeah. where it kind of the one up front started to come in more, didn't it? Yeah. Like you said, throughout my career, it's the, there hasn't been much of it, and people like to match up and. It makes it difficult, but yeah, I've not necessarily. I haven't played in a, a four-four-two for a prolonged period of time. I've obviously done it in certain moments in the game where you're chasing a game or for a tactical reason. But for me personally, I've never set up in a four-four-two. But that doesn't doesn't mean uh, doesn't mean it couldn't work. What's your, been your favourite season as a as a pro so far? I know you've had a lot where um, you've scored goals. Yeah, it's difficult. Uh, it's really difficult. I think obviously my last season at Wigan, just because of the success, the way we did it, um, we obviously had big rivals in Blackburn, and it was sort of down to the wire at the time. But um, you know, some some really good years. The, the MK Dons on my first one at Wigan, and I'd say my last at Wigan. Yeah, they were they stand out the most just because of how successful it was, and I've only got happy memories from that. Have you ever been in a club before that's had massive media interest? Well, you asked to come and do podcasts after signing for, <laughs> for four days and stuff. Um, not quite, no, no. It's uh, It's been very different up here, but something that I've really enjoyed. Uh, obviously, when I was at Wigan, throughout the sort of Euros and mm. Northern Ireland international sort of stuff, it's uh, that all that all came to the front then. But in terms of... Uh, the front, that's a bit of an understatement. <laughs> I mean, um, so so if everybody surely knows this anyway. So you, you played for Wigan and then go at the end of that 2016 season, obviously you'd scored a lot of goals. Um, and you're in the Northern Ireland squad. So, what, what's your link to Northern Ireland? Uh, my grandfather was uh, born and raised in Northern Ireland. Okay. So, yeah, it was uh, most of my family lived over there, and then obviously made their way over when uh, <laughs> when the trouble sort of arrived. And normally, when you think of how a, a football chant starts, it's in a pub and a few group of lads, and they take it up the terrace and it spreads. Um, but this this um, this Chant that you have, um, Gala, Freed from Desire. First of all, can you even remember that song? The first yeah, time I actually around? love that song. Yeah, it was a bit, maybe a bit before my time, but yeah, it was a great song. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, it was 1997 that was out. It was the summer I left school. That's how I know. It that. was earlier than that. It was 97. <laughs> it was the summer I left school because I went to Ibiza and it was on all over the place there. This would make me feel really old. You'll have been about six yeah, then. I was six, yeah. Just, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> no, thank you for that. It's me who feels old. So anyway, this guy posts himself on YouTube singing it. Um, and it goes viral, and then suddenly it's a thing, isn't it? 
Yeah, certainly. It's wonders of the internet. It was a, uh, it was obviously a fan that we knew. Uh, he was at every game, and you, you obviously see the fans about, get to know them, and uh, yeah, before you know, it, I think he'd done a few little videos before that <laughs> of certain little players. Trial and error. Yeah, trial and error, basically. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, landed on the money with that one. Yeah, but no, it was just crazy how it all came about. And he was actually given a free season ticket by the the Wigan chairman uh, David Sharp at the time, because he said it had brought in a much needed feel good factor to the club and. And he got a free season ticket. So this was, you know, if you think it's, it got bigger Wigan and then it just kept spreading and spreading and the whole country went at soon. Yeah, it was crazy. Obviously, it started out just sort of the East Stand. Obviously, all the fans saw the video. The East Stand started singing it and then the whole stadium was singing it. And like I said, David Sharp at the time, uh, he, he obviously found it really positive. And I think DJ Keno was, uh, he was at the training ground getting, you know, signed shirts, meeting the lads and, yeah, he certainly made the most of it, but uh, like you said, it was uh, it was brilliant. For Did you get stick for it of some of your teammates? Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah. I think it's part and parcel of it. You always get a bit of stick, but um, you know, it ended up being for a great cause, so it was good fun. And then well, you got you got <laughs> so you can be remembered for that song, or you'd be remembered for having the same name as the Homer Simpson incarnation. So you know, it, you know. The, if you're going to take the mick out of somebody for something, it's probably going to be the latter rather than the former. Isn't it? I mean, similar thing happened at Sunderland, didn't it? And the, with the Peter Reid song yeah, yeah, in the mid nineties, Cheer up Peter Reid, and uh, playing an old uh, Monkey song. I don't know if you've heard it, um, and that charted and that. I think didn't it? Might have. I don't know. Well, let's remember. say yes. <laughs> um, but I mean, so then you get called up for Northern Ireland, and then it spreads around, and then suddenly in Euro sixteen, you had fans of all countries singing that as well. Yeah, it was insane. Um, like I said, we had a we had a warm up game before we actually went to the Euros against I think it was Belarus, and uh, that was like our, our last game before we went to France. And uh, I managed to score in about the 80th minute. And the Windsor Park, I don't know if you've ever been, but the atmosphere is insane, and the the Northern Irish fans are unbelievable. So uh, that was sort of a good send off for myself and for the team. And then you arrive in France, and we played Germany, I think, in the second game. And uh, like, I've gone out to warm up just before the game, and there was like four screens in each, one in each corner, and uh, we're just warming up casually, and then uh, all the lyrics started coming on to the song, and I was like, oh no, here we go. Um, and then obviously Northern Ireland fans started singing it, all the German fans. I think it was like a fifty-five thousand sellout, and it was. Uh, I think that was the most surreal moment at the time. I feel like a rock star, will a little bit, yeah. And all all the lads are like sort of looking at me, and I was just trying to get my head down, you know, carry on, staying professional, and all the lads were just laughing at me, so. Uh, yeah, that was a strange moment. And how was that tournament for you personally? Because you didn't, probably didn't play as much as you wanted to. No, yeah, really frustrating. Uh, obviously, brilliant experience and uh, something I'm really lucky and, and privileged to have been to. But yeah, I think the the way the way the season had gone, I think I'd scored twenty. I think it was twenty eight that season, and you know there was a lot of times in in a couple of those games that we needed a goal, and I personally felt that like there was no other person to do that. It was and, uh, it was McGinnis, wasn't it? It was tend to be coming on, wasn't yeah, it? There was, yeah, there was the Wales game was frustrating. I think we had three strikers on the pitch, and obviously I wasn't, and it was a bit of a strange one. A little bit how we played, we played back to front a little bit, and uh, I think the manager just thought that didn't suit me, which which was fair enough. But um, yeah, that's always something that I'd be disappointed with. Yeah, I was going to throw a goal scorer on the one, don't you? Ke- that happened to Kevin Phillips in Euro 2000. Did, yeah. He went with the England squad, and we were all chuffed for him. And he'd scored like 30 goals in the Premier League, <laughs> got the golden boot. And then England, Keegan wouldn't even throw him on at all, would he, at any point? No. We had to got good strikers then as well. We watched seven or eight decent strikers, and obviously he went and you would never get a never get a kick, but it's strange. Imagine him playing with the, with the service of people like um, 
Beckham and Scholes and that though, Phillips. Well, I mean, comparing that now, I mean, you, you come here, you've obviously been training with, you know, McGeady, for example, who many argue shouldn't be playing in League One. You know, I mean, you must be relishing, you, you're obviously used to, you've answered the question about the fact you're used to playing up top on your own and used to playing with three behinds, three people, three attacking players who can rotate. Mm. And we've got so many options in that area, you must be really excited about, you know, the prospect, the, the chances that you're going to get potentially, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, I knew a few of the players just from playing against them or watching them throughout the years. But today was my my first real session, and like you said, you know, you can see the quality already, and you know, also the the strength in depth. There's so many players that can play in that in that three behind. So, like I said, McGeady got unbelievable quality, but there's there's also loads of loads of talent throughout the team. Obviously, George as well, Honeyman, and there's uh, a few new boys out there as well. So it's uh, it's exciting times, and like you said, I'm just looking forward to getting out there. And you're back into a a promotion battle now and obviously with the four years you've had at Wigan that's what it's been for you promotion relegation battles because Wigan are almost like a yo-yo team between those two divisions so yeah I haven't had uh, it's always been entertaining one way or the other I think throughout my career so uh, yeah it's um, it's something that I know something that I've done and uh, I think that was part of the reason of bringing me here you know I've got that experience that I can I can help in the dressing room as well there's a few young lads I think there's a good mix of youth and obviously experience as well so if that's something that I can help with I'll, I'll be pleased to I mean you've met obviously you've met Jack and had conversations with him before joining I mean we can get into the discussion about how you know you ended up here you know if you want in a little while but Looking at the history of the last few years, you've been, like Stephen was saying, up and down um, with Wigan. And I think it was about 30 appearances you made the last time you were in the Championship. Yeah. And you've made about 10, 15, 12 appearances this season. Yeah. Um, does it frustrate you that you you haven't been given maybe the opportunity you'd like it in the Championship after being so prolific in this level? Yeah, definitely. <coughs> I think both seasons have actually started really well. I think the, the first season at Wigan, I think I was... I was about four and nine, I think, at the start, and then obviously change of manager, change of system, change of a lot of changes, to be honest. And that uh, it became a frustrating period. Um, I'm not saying I was playing my best sort of football because over the Christmas period I wasn't. Um, and then I picked up my sort of first serious injury, and it was a really disappointing time. Um, we should never have gone down that year. It was it was just a it was a bit of a mess, to be honest. I think for for different reasons. Um, and then obviously this season, like you said, started well again in and around the playoffs. And then we just sort of picked up four injuries at your front four and it went downhill from there. Um, for me as well, personally, I was away from Northern Ireland and then I was out for another six weeks. But um, I think I left there for four goals and ten starts. So, you know, it's it's not the, not the worst stat, but um, like I said, it is frustrating because I, I just, for injuries, for changing manager, for different reasons, I just haven't quite got a, uh, got, got a run. Is there a manager you've worked for so far? who you would say has got the best out of you and really understands you as a person, as a player? Um, I couldn't actually pinpoint one, to be honest, because I've had loads. You uh, could just score regardless. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I just, I genuinely wouldn't want to say. Obviously, I've had Dean Smith at Warsaw, Carl Robinson. They were all brilliant for me and I've had successful times. Um, Gary Caldwell the first year at Wigan and then obviously now Paul Cook. So, you know, they've all managed to, to get some really good seasons out of me and like I said, I've enjoyed all of them. And how early did you know about the interest from Sunderland? Um, I think it was about the first, the f probably just coming up to the second week with the first bid and stuff like that. In January, that. So, yeah. Yeah, just January. Um, 
So yeah, it's. Uh, Do you speak to Max Power a lot still? When he yeah, was I here? always I always kept uh, kept in touch with Max Power and Reese James because obviously we've still got a car school trap from Wigan and uh, Reese James is still in that because he was he was part of it. So yeah, I've always kept in touch. Okay, and um, how early did you make your mind up that you wanted to to make that move? Uh, it's never quite as simple as that. Um, you know, there's so many factors that go into a transfer. It's it's not the case of whether you just want to go or not. Um, Obviously knew of the interest, but at the end of the day, I was still a Wigan player, so I was trying. Yeah, but to you you could turn that you can still turn the move down if you want to. What I mean is, in um, your own mind, did you think, yeah, I fancy that? When there's when there's a chance of a, a, the size of a club like Sunderland with you know the fan base, of history, it's you can't just nip it in the bud. It's never easy to just say, you know, well, no, I don't want to go. And and obviously that was never the case because here I am. Did you watch Netflix? I did, yeah, I watched the Netflix uh, documentary. When did you watch it? You didn't watch it just, you didn't just binge watch it after you'd heard we were interested? No, no, definitely yeah. not. I watched it when it came out, actually, and uh, yeah, it gave me a little bit of an insight into the club before, uh, before I made the plunge. And it didn't put you off? <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. It's, uh, I think, you know, the club was in a different place back then. And, uh, yeah, it's, thankfully. Yeah, so it's, it's nice to be there. Do you think um, footballers, I mean... Maybe not the case for you as much because I, I can tell just by talking to that you, you're confident in your own abilities. You don't want to pinpoint any credit to one manager over another and you obviously um, spoke about how you think you can play up front by yourself or in a pair. But do you think in general players take stuff like that into consideration of when they maybe move to a club or sometimes do you think they just like the sound of it or they like what contract they're getting offered? Um, because you see all the time players go to a certain club and it just wasn't the right move for them tactically or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you got put out on the left wing mm-hmm. in one case. Um, I think it, it depends what sort of person you are. There's obviously so many factors, like I said. It can be a financial thing for one person. It can be a logistical thing or it can be a tactical thing. Um, there's so many reasons, but in terms of me personally, it was it was an opportunity to be part of a massive a massive club, a massive opportunity um, to get back to, to where the club wants to be and should be. And uh, I guess... We're all aiming for promotion. Um, you can't take anything for granted. It's, a, it's, it's hotter than an up lad, isn't it? With four teams all looking for the uh, the top two. You've got experience going up, but I guess you, you you must be thinking you've got something to to prove to some people as well that w- if we do step up, then you don't become this player who just is known as a specialist in in League One. And you want to go keep going up with the club and rising, and you sign a long contract at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, I think you nipped it there. Uh, the three and a half year deal, I wouldn't have signed that if, if it was just a case of getting promoted. Uh, obviously, the short term short term goal is to get promoted this season, and you know we'll be doing our best to do that. Um, and then after that, that would potentially leave me with three years and about well, a year in the championship, and you don't know what happens from there. But yeah, I've I've definitely got something to prove personally, uh, not necessarily for anyone else, but you know I just I want to have a full season in the champ because I believe I'm I'm good enough to to be there and score goals at that level. Has Jack spoken to you about? You know, improving because you know from what we've heard, he's really into sort of getting all the players and, and trying to make them better. You know, and is is that something he's spoken to you about and seeing you know how what can we do? What what's my vision for you in that three and a half years? What can I get out of Will Grigg? Is that something he's spoken to you about? Yeah, he's he's obviously mentioned the championship side of things as well. It's it's not a case of just getting us promoted this year and then that'll be it. Um, like I said, I think the length of the contract shows that. Um, and like I said about the intensity in training, you can clearly see he's trying to improve everyone, um, and I'm sure I'll be part of that. And there's so many factors in my game that can improve, and I'm sure we'll be trying to do that. So, uh, 
yeah, I think the one thing that sort of stood out is is the intensity around the place. Uh, he's never happy with you know mediocrity. He wants to he wants to push everyone to their limits, whether that's with your stats or anything. He's he's really keeping everyone on your toes. Do you visualise stuff well? Because we mentioned there Stephen Elliott, who we know very well, used to visualise that. I remember Jimmy and before um, before we the, the season Sunderland stayed up in Newcastle got relegated. Just like remind people of that. Um, in, in, from the Premier League and Jimmy Defoe was talking about before the last couple of games, um, he was saying I've already visualised myself scoring the goal that keeps us up in, in the red and white and the fans going crazy and stuff. Is that something you do or not? Yeah, definitely. Um, everyone's different, but I've always I've always liked visualisation. Um, as soon as I get to a stadium, I like to walk on the pitch as as most of the players do. Um, but I'm sure you'll probably see it. I like to just sort of walk in, in front of each goal and, and visualise me scoring a, a different goal, whether it's a tapping, which I like, or a little a little bit of a long-distance one. But, yeah, I like to uh, I always like to visualise. And even when I was at the game Saturday watching, I was having a little look around the stadium, you know, just uh, trying to trying to imagine and, and feel what I would like to, to be out there. In those red and white stripes, scoring goals. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I thought about it already. I mean, if you spoke to fans, certainly from the same era as me and Gareth are older and you said list off some of your favourite Sunderland players I think and I just jotted this down off the top of my head and I think most fans would agree Michael Gabbiadini Kevin Phillips Niall Quinn should have been Darren Bent if it didn't end in a certain way um, Jermaine Defoe and there's one thing all of those people have in common isn't there it certainly is yeah and that's scoring goals yep. so that must be something that excites you as well because centre forwards are well remembered here yeah exactly I think everyone everyone loves goals it's what win your games and it's what gets remembered so uh, yeah I'm uh, I'm not taking this this lightly I know it's a massive opportunity to 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 be a legend at such a massive club um, those names are, are unbelievable and you know to, to even talk about being mentioned with those is is a massive honour but um, I've got a lot of work to do and you know obviously we'll I'll do my best. I, I've said I'll give everything I've got while I'm here, and, we'll yeah, and you're not you're not put off by this pressure at all. Because no, you're, you're, sign, you're signing for a club, and everybody well, everybody's say, thinking. I mean, everyone's just saying, right, well, now we've got a goal scorer. We love a goal scorer, <coughs> and you almost expected just to do I mean, it. This isn't yeah. this isn't like a, you know trying to sound big headed or whatever, but it is a case of you've played for you know Walsall, Brentford, MK Dons, Wigan, Sunderland's like a different. Not, like I said, it's impossible to sound not disrespectful because it is a little bit disrespectful. But ultimately, I mean, there's people, there's people spoken about the bubble, people, you know, this northeast bubble, and like the it's, golf. It's, it's just, it is, it's football. It's you know, yeah. Wigan's like a bit of a rugby. Don't try to freak him out, and, Gareth. He seems <laughs> to be taking this in his stride. Up, you there. know, people talk about <laughs> it all the time, and 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 it's a, you know, it's a different, it's a different thing. I mean. It, 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 it it's like nowhere else. I mean, loads of people will say that if you get the opportunity, go and play in the northeast, um, and be, especially if you be successful, people are just like you know, get yourself up there. I mean, you must have spoken to Max about it and, and Reese, Donald, love people like that. Yeah, no, thanks for that as well. Uh, that's really <laughs> nice. Sorry, no pressure. Oh, yes, but no, right. no, I did that tri- nicely. <laughs> even, tell you what, this point, isn't it? it's even worse when you got bits of pie <laughs> spin at the back of your neck from the touchline. No, you're right. I'm I'm fully aware. I know it's. Uh, I think that's what it comes with it being such a massive club with with the history like I've said um you know it's an honor to be here and I understand the pressure that that's on on myself and on all the players um and obviously there's so many factors in that the price tag etc but it, it's something that I, w- I won't let phase me um I'm a footballer as soon as you cross the white line you have to try and forget those and focus on your job so you know I know I know it's going to be difficult and there's loads of 
pressure, like you said. There's loads of expectation, but you know, all I can do is is do my best, and I'll, I'll be making sure I do that to to try and be remembered, to try and be successful, and and be everything that the people want me to be. We've got some questions from um, some of our listeners through Twitter. Um, Dan Embleton asks. Would you rather be put through on goal one-on-one with time to think about it or fed the ball 15 yards out and just hit it first time? Um, personally, first time. I think if you lot watch a lot of my goals, uh, predominantly first-time finishes, but uh, I think uh, I think most people have probably seen the City goal and have taken a few touches and had to run quite far for that. But um, It's a mixture of both for yeah, the finish from distance and the, and the yeah. run as well. Bit of a strange one there. You might not see many of those, but uh, yeah, um, a lot of my goals are in the box. I wasn't going to ask this, but loads of people asking it. So I feel like we've got a responsibility to our listeners to do it. A lot of people asking you if you've heard the comments from Paul Cook. I think he's doing a fans forum recently, and he and he said something along was it along the lines of that that you you, you made believe, a joke yeah. about you couldn't believe how much Sunderland would pay for your stuff. I'm sure he was just trying to please the Wigan fans in that situation. Yeah, I'm sure the gaffer the gaffer's not, the gaffer's clever. He has to say he has to say what he needs to say. Um, it's just one of those things. Maybe you're being humble. <laughs> I can't believe paying that much money. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a bargain to be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll all be fine uh, Leith Blackcat is saying and it's obviously relevant to your Wigan days I guess because it's something this links into something we're all questioning ourselves about this squad should we be lucky enough or not lucky enough good enough to get promoted and he's saying when you're playing do you notice a difference in quality between League One and the Championship um, to a certain extent I think the football's very different Um it depends where you're at. I think there's a lot of teams in League One that would do, I'd say, it's not. I wouldn't know this year, but in terms of the times I've been in, the top four in League One could easily compete in the Championship. And I think that's been the case. The the sort of lower end of the Championship wouldn't necessarily get promoted from, from League One. So there is a difference. Obviously, the top of the Champ is, is uh, you have some very good teams from some very good players. Um, but there's obviously a difference. Physicality... The style of football is different, um, so there is a little bit of a difference, but it's it's not massive. How does this squad of players compare when you've looked at the tra- and you've had one day of training with them? Uh, you watched us play one game against Wimbledon. Well, we didn't play really well, particularly, mm-hmm. um, but training with these guys is where you you notice how good they are, I guess. Yeah, there's some some real really really good quality, um, some good talent in the group. Uh, like I said before, you've got a good mix of uh, young, hungry lads, and then you've got the experienced, experienced boys as well. But um, yeah, I've been really impressed in the in the three days that I've been here, and it's uh, it's really sort of positive for me. SCFC North Yorkshire asks, do you think it's wrong that his wife bans him from singing your song in his house? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely wrong. You should always be allowed to sing it. So How long have you been singing it for? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. Um, when I said, has anybody got anything to say it will? Um, Greg, my wife actually said as well, tell him I think he's fit. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice little one for you there. Um, Mrs. C. Goldsmith, was it? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not, I'm not giving him the Twitter handle or anything. I'm just leaving it at that. Um, you mentioned Indian food over Chinese food. Yeah. Luke Richardson sends, ask him what your favourite curry is. Oh, I'm pretty boring. Chicken tikka masala. Yeah. That's what we get, but we get know. it hotter because it's not very hot, is it? Yeah, no, it's not. Like, oh, hot. He thinks he's hard because he gets a hot curry. <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel really hard, yeah. He does. He always goes on about it. <laughs> Jack Talbot's saying, if there's one thing... Jack Colback, did you say? Talbot. I was going to say he's blocked, I was going to say. <laughs> if there's one thing you could achieve during your time at Sunderland, what would it be? Um, getting them back to the Premier League. 
Couple good answer. Yeah, it is a good <laughs> answer. answer. I was yeah. trying to find a question. A couple of people have mentioned Gareth's fleece again. It's not out. It's not out today. There is a burn on it. I was going to do like say it would be a funny bit to take a photo and say that there's a burn on it because Will Griggs done it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's been present in the in the previous and we didn't need it today because we're in a nice, lovely soft room. W- which is where the magic the fleece is. is. It's almost like notoriety. it's been designed and built in a certain way. <laughs> it, is, it? it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, good do idea, that, isn't it? Do you think you're going to be fit for the weekend, Will? Um, yeah, I, I, I should be involved. Uh, to what extent that is, I'm not sure. It's obviously up to the manager and everyone to decide that. But um had a good day's training today. I'm sure we'll have a good day tomorrow and then be looking to push on from there. Are you family? Last t- well, last time... You didn't you score a hat trick at Oxford? And yeah, Gar- Gareth, thrown, Gareth thrown in all these things. Like, you know, <laughs> Carl Robinson's think, yeah. obviously the manager somebody as well. With a bit so more, somebody with a bit more authority than Samson over there would have, <laughs> would have stepped in by now, I think. Yeah, I think I mentioned that yesterday. <laughs> it was, uh, I think we won 7 0. I scored a hat trick. Came Gareth, off at about Mac, I think Max Powell got a couple as well. Gareth's yeah, going to be fuming if you don't score 30 goals from now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'll no not be the one fuming. I'm, 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 I'm calm. <laughs> I'm calm. So, I mean, you got the prospect as well. You got. We get to the Czech trade final. It's twenty games. I know you've mentioned ten goals. You know, it'd be all right. We can eat a score a couple in a final at Wembley as well. I mean, you played in yeah. the Czech trade before. I mean, how far have you ever got as far as the semis in the Czech trade in, in previous? Uh, no, no, I've never, never really had a good run in the uh, in the Czech trade. So obviously that's something that'll be new to me. And you might not know yet this, but are the players talking about that already? Trip, the possible trip to Wembley? Do you know? Um, I couldn't tell you that. Yeah. I'm sure it's been it's been floated around a little bit in the dressing room. Um, I'm sure it's always <laughs> in the back of your mind, but yeah, when it when it comes to it, we'll focus on that. Are your family up yet, Will? Uh, no, in Wilms at the moment. Um, they'll be staying there, down there for the short term and. Uh, well, I just get my get my feet in the building and get settled here. And are you speaking to people about good places to live and look, or do you get to just pay somebody else to do all that? For you? <laughs> no, yeah, I could speak to everyone. Uh, obviously, the club have got some some great people to help me out as well, so they've made it nice and easy. And obviously, I can find out from the lads. So, yeah, well, uh, I'll be doing that in it's the something for your keen. This is something you're keen to have happen quickly. Do you do you need to feel like you're you're at home? Uh, yeah, I'd like to get my own place sort of as quick as possible. Uh, I'm not a very exciting person to be honest. I'm just pretty much training home, PlayStation, Netflix, all that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, I'll be. Um, it is something that I need to get sorted, but it's not. Uh, it's not major. Oh. So when Darren Bent was here, he um, bought a telly. He was living in the ho- he was living in um, the Hilton in Gateshead. Bought a telly. For the for his room, obviously the one in there wasn't big enough, and he just left it when he <laughs> when he when he moved out. I certainly won't be doing that. I'm yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, we should have known, shouldn't we? We're hoping for a different kind of character at the club. Yeah, exactly. We think we've we been are. anyway. <laughs> we Were you are. never like a wild child or anything? Never. No, massive party not. or anything. No, no, no. Don't see, unfortunately, not. It's, it's, you <laughs> no, are where yeah. you are now because you, did, <laughs> well, yeah, you didn't hopefully. make that choice. Hopefully, yeah, and uh, I've got a young family as well, so now I'm uh, the, those days uh, have gone. So looking forward to a trip to Wembley in the checker trade and to win the league if we can. Is that the aim for the season? Yeah, it's got to be the aim. Uh, like you said, the short-term aim, and it's a it's a pretty good one to have. Um, to get promotion and obviously a trip to Wembley that we'd we'd want to win would be a, a fantastic season. Okay, you got anything else? Ask Gareth. We let Will get back to no, his, no. Get his, back hotel his hotel room. room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Doesn't make don't make it sound as glamorous. Yeah. It's, it's like not. Alan, it's yeah. literally hotel room, like, television. That is it. He's, well, at the, he's at the Linton Travel Tavern. Yeah. If you're an Alan Partridge fan, that's that's where he stays. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's a good distance. Yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah. 
Fans outside the window. I was going to say. Do you want to let it? said that. Can we cut that out? Write your room number down. We'll let some people turn up there. We'd like to thank you for coming on. It's been an honour to have you on, Will. And we're all behind you. And I'm sure it'll be a success. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, thanks so much for having me and uh, I look forward to scoring a few goals. <laughs>